Welcome, everybody, to the Lakers Legacy Podcast, where are you tired of all this fruitless Russell Westbrook, Indiana Pacers, Utah Jazz trade talks being front and center of the Lakers' entire offseason? Well, why not take a beat to recenter yourself by actually listening to something enjoyable for a change and learn more about one particular Lakers center who may just be the front office's best signing of this offseason? And I'm talking about Damian Jones, today's episode's literal center of attention. So whether Russell Westbrook is still a Laker or not by the time this episode is released, I feel like we all needed a little reprieve from this never-ending, limbo-y, yo-yo ball type of Lakers offseason we've had to endure up until this point, just a few weeks out from training camp. And I'm sure you guys are tired of us just bitching and moaning all day about the dodgy, less-than-optimal state that the Lakers' front office has been in. At least up until this point. So here's us talking about something nice and hopeful instead, and Damian Jones is the epitome of nice and hopeful. I'm your host, Jonathan Hernandez, and for today's show, we've got the perfect counter-programming episode for you. Today, we've got on Spencer Richardson, the founder of AAG Basketball Labwork, a basketball development director and trainer who's had a close eye on Damian Jones' development as a basketball player over the last couple of years. And it's actually coincidentally fitting that we are talking about Damian Jones today because Zach Lowe just recently had Ramona Shelburne on his podcast, where he divulged that he's hearing that Damian Jones may currently be the front runner to take the starting center job for the Lakers ahead of training camp towards the end of September. And considering that Westbrook is still currently on this roster, is likely to start, and Kendrick Nunn supposedly is likely to start alongside him, according to Zach Lowe, a starting lineup of Westbrook, Nunn, LeBron, AD, and Damian is very peculiarly interesting, to say the least. So I think today's conversation with Spencer Richardson on Damian will be particularly insightful on whether or not Damien's ready for that full-time starting role and whether he can help cover up some of the deficiencies that may arise with another year of you know, non-shooting, non-defending Westbrook in the lineup. Although maybe that's not giving Westbrook enough credit heading into this season. Regardless, today we'll be digging into the specifics of how Damian Jones spent his offseason these last few months as he gears up for Lakers training camp and how he's progressed as a more all-around center over the last few years as well. And we'll even get into maybe why Damian Jones chose to re-sign with the Lakers in the first place after having a mini breakout year with the Sacramento Kings last season. But before we get to my actual interview with Spencer Richardson, we'd love it if you guys could please take a moment out of your time to rate and review us five stars on the Apple Podcast app. If you've already done so or don't use the Apple Podcast app, if you could head over to the Spotify app instead, search our podcast, and then click the five-star button at the top of our Spotify page, that would be tremendous. 
We are trying to hit 55 stars on Spotify before training camp begins, and I know that those 50 stars will mean a lot to Tommy Alexander's forthcoming baby son when he comes out of the womb this upcoming December. His son told us via ultrasound that he'll only guest on the Lakers Legacy podcast if we have 55 stars on Spotify by the time of his birth. So we're just trying to make sure we're up to snuff by then. So yeah, do it for Tommy's incoming son and his upcoming fatherhood journey. And yes, we appreciate the support you can give us in any way. All right, so with all of that housekeeping stuff out of the way, I'll turn it over now to my interview with Spencer Richardson of AAG Basketball, where we talk about Damian Jones' growth as a basketball player over the years and what he specifically worked on this summer to solidify his role on your 2022-23 Los Angeles Lakers. So we will catch you guys after the turn. All right, so today we are pleased to have on Spencer Richardson of AAG Lab Work, AAG standing for All Around Game, a premier basketball training company in Nashville that's worked with a number of NBA players over the years, such as Garrison Matthews and Darius Garland, and one of particular note to Lakers fans, center Damian Jones. Uh, Spencer's worked with Damian Jones on his basketball development during the off seasons for the last, I don't know, three, three to five years. So he's really gotten an inside look at the leaps and bounds Damian has taken to become a more well-rounded and versatile center who may be a staple rotation piece for the Lakers this upcoming season. So Spencer, thanks for hopping on with us today. Do you want to give us a quick PSA on AAG and plug any of your guys' socials before we get started? Uh, yeah, so you can find us at AAG, uh, at AAG Lab Work on Twitter, at AAG Lab Work on Instagram as well. Yeah. Sweet. So what does AAG do and what services do you guys provide? I've read on your website that you guys are really trying to uplift the basketball community in Nashville. But how did you guys get involved with, you know, holding these pro runs for pro athletes, pro basketball athletes, whether it's, you know, high school all the way up to college to the NBA? Uh, so AAG started about 17 years ago. Um, I've started volunteering, coaching uh, some youth basketball uh, teams, and I had a parent pull me to the side and wanted me to work with her son one-on-one. And uh, that was my very first workout. I mean, I didn't even know what to charge uh, uh, from that. So I just, you know, threw a price out there. And uh, he was coming in once a week, and other parents and teammates started to notice his game improve. And uh, before you know it, I mean – Word started getting out, and next thing you know, I was running a, a training company. That's awesome. Now, how long have you been working with Damian Jones, and how did that relationship start? Actually, so I'm up here at the Grind Week now, up here with uh, Travis Walden, Draymond Green's uh, trainer. So four years ago, Travis Walden and Draymond Green started uh, They started the Grind Week, and we was out there in the Bay for the first couple of years. The last couple of years, we've been up here uh, at Michigan State. So that's why I first met Damien. I, even though he went to Vanderbilt, I heard about him, but mm-hmm. I never I never met him until the grind week. Um, and uh, we met there and uh, he and uh, he told me that he would be in Nashville because he was finishing up his uh, engineering degree. And he told me once he came back to Nashville for the next offseason, uh, he wanted to get in the gym and start working. That's awesome. Now, when you first met Damien, how would you describe his personality and, and work ethic? Real, he was very. He's out. I mean, even right now, I mean, he's just a real chill guy, uh, mm-hmm. kind of quiet from a from a working standpoint. I mean, you're talking about a guy that goes pretty much five days a week, um, three other five days on Monday through Friday. We do what we call two two days. We're here come in and do a full uh, workout, meaning everything: dribbling, shooting, finishing, uh, 
you know, playing one-on-one at the end of workouts. And then the second workout well, would just be all shooting. Mm, that's awesome. And that's so interesting that he was, uh, he had an engineering degree or he was at in, in school for engineering. That's awesome. While also pursuing a basketball career. Um, this summer, I'm assuming you've, you've worked out with him this summer. Is that correct? Yes, sir. Uh-huh. Did he mention, and I mean, you don't have to divulge this if, if you don't want to, but did he mention anything to you in particular about, you know, whether he's excited to be back with the Lakers, why he signed with the Lakers? Or was it just like an opportunity thing or anything like that? Yeah, he was definitely excited. He loves being out there on the West Coast. I mean, even when the Lakers had picked him up last year on that 10-day, I mean, I think everybody felt like he played well. And it was, I, I know to me it was kind of surprising that they didn't resign him, but, mm-hmm. you know, he – I mean, I can say with him going with Sacramento, I mean, they gave him opportunity to, to, you know, to play meaningful minutes and he took full advantage of them. Yeah, no, for sure. And we're glad, honestly, we're glad to have him back. I think it was just a circumstantial thing where Andre Drummond was the bigger name at the time with the more filled out resume. And it, it just ended up happening that way. But now we're glad to have uh, Damien's young, fresh legs back. Um, when when you first met Damien, what were your impressions of from a basketball standpoint, what were some of his innate strengths that you were like impressed by that you, you kind of just go, yeah, that's not something anybody can teach. That dude just has this, this, and this. For uh, just, you know, his leaping ability and mm. just the way you can, I mean, you can, there's really, there's really not a bad pass to Damien when it comes to lobbing the basketball to the rim. I mean, uh, you know, I, I hadn't seen too many guys. I mean, so I worked with Brandon Wright for several years as well. Right. Uh, Brandon Wright was one of those other guys that it was, it's just hard to throw those guys a bad lob pass. I mean, they're close to seven foot and they got these these crazy uh, vertical jumps, and uh, so that that was that was that was the first thing that caught me by surprise. And then just you know how hard he runs the floor. I mean, once mm-hmm. once the gets the deep once the defensive rebound is secured, I mean, Damian is down the floor within a within a heartbeat. Yeah, no, that's awesome. And that's something that I think the Lakers are going to try and hammer home this upcoming season, like get out and to transition as much as they can. And so to have a rim running center like Damien, who has that type of motor, I think will drastically improve what, you know, Darvin Ham likes to do because he likes to get it out into transition as well. Now, when you first started working with Damien, what were some areas and can you specify again to our audience um, around what year you started working with him? Uh, this would have been, let's see, 2016 or 15. It, it would, I would say 20, should have been around 2016, 2017. Yeah. Okay. And he was with like the Warriors, I believe at that yep. time. Probably. Okay. So when you first met him, what were some areas that, that when he came to you, you felt like he could improve upon and particularly grow in? Just playing off, playing off instincts, um, uh, having, you know, if, if he, Sometimes when he catches, you know, right in the, you know, like like a quick pocket pass, and somebody steps up, uh, just reading the defense and being able to make a play right away, uh, his touch, mm-hmm. uh, you know, everything can be a dunk. So just catching it, you know, away from the rim and being able to make, you know, right hand floaters, left hand floaters, mm-hmm. um, his basketball. I mean, nowadays, depending on who you're playing for, I mean, you you know, you're. Your four and fives has to be able to, you know, dribble, dribble handoff and make plays off the dribble. Right. Um, and and he, he's shown that ability now. So it's more refining his skill set because all the raw talent or athletic talent was there. Is that correct? Yes, absolutely. And then obviously him shooting the basketball has 
uh, improved tremendously as well. Yeah, so I want to get dive into the specifics of that. But before we get to the jump shooting, are there any... So would you pinpoint jump shooting as the one area that you felt like over these off seasons that he's probably grown the most in? Or are there other areas that you feel like, man, he's really grown leaps and bounds? Yes, uh, I think his ability to, uh, you know, catch the ball, you know, in the mid post or top of the key and and make a, you know, a live dribble move. Uh, mm. You know, going hard right, going left, they cut you off, being able to make one move to get back to, you know, to either hand for either jump shot or a uh, touch shot. Right. So, I mean... I mean, last season with Sacramento, he had kind of had a mini breakout year towards like the last few months. And I saw a lot more. I mean, he still does the typical cleanup after guards misses and whatnot and get lobs and everything like that. But in terms of being able to put the ball on the floor over short distances and then rise up for a hook shot, he had really nice touch. And, you know, he was showcasing some turnaround mid-range Jays that honestly the NBA hasn't seen him do, which is really impressive. So... So let's focus on Damian Jones' improvement as a jump shooter, because and I feel like you've gotten an up-close look at that over these last few summers. But I mentioned it on Twitter and on our podcast before, but Damian Jones' shot diet has progressively expanded over just the last two or three years. He went from shooting 3 of 14 on all jump shots during his 2019-20 campaign, that's 21% on jump shots, uh, over 55 games to last year with the Kings shooting 39 of 85 on jump shots, 46%, including 10 of 29 from three, 34%, um, through 56 games of Sacramento. Um, how have you seen his development grow in this respect? And do you vividly remember him wanting to expand his game out to the mid, the you know, mid-range, 16 feet out, all the way to the three-point line? Like, was it a concerted effort one year to really add that to his offensive diet yeah we we always I mean even what we like to try to do in the offseason is continue to work on you know things that the guys are really good at and obviously I mean with Damian you know he's mainly used as a lot as a as a rim protector and a live threat but you know we I used, we used to have conversation and conversation and I would just say look when sometimes when you roll they don't you know they're not they may miss you or they don't hit you and then and then what I mean you just you kind of you know, uh, I don't want to say out of the play, but, you know, you limit your touches. Mm-hmm. So even though we were still working on what he's already good at, we we wanted to add to his game. So the sh- from shooting, we would start, we would always start in close and then we would get mid-range and then we would get to the, you know, NBA three. Obviously, you know, in the beginning, it was, it, you know, he struggled from shooting the ball from deep, but you know, with with uh, reps and just some small tweaks. You know, it, even even when he wasn't a, a, a you know a good three point shooter, it wasn't like his shot was just terrible. You know, mm-hmm. he just had to make some fall some small adjustments and then get the confidence to start shooting. Did you did he have so you mentioned he his shot was never broken. What were some of those specific small adjustments? Did you like remove a hitch from his shot? Was there some sort of stance thing with regards to how he was shooting the ball that you sort of helped guide him in that helped him, I don't know, ha- have that confidence or was it more just getting the reps in these different types of situations? Yeah, I think it, I think it was the reps um you know for the most part. I'm not sure that you know the name of the coach, but I think his last season with the with the Hawks he had stayed uh, an extra month in Atlanta 
and got some uh, some really good breakdown on the shooting. Mm. Uh, and he had already, I had seen him, you know, we had seen improvement over the summer months, but then when he came, once he got back to Nashville after staying an extra month in Atlanta after the season, well, I noticed that his shot was even better. So when we was doing, you know, seven spots, you know, 10 makes in each spot, I mean, he was, he so he began, he, he began to really like really move through that fairly quickly. Right. And then we would get some, you know, some stuff that would be a little bit more challenging for, so let's just say, you know, some days, you know, in order to get to the next spot, you got to make three in a row. And then we would get up to, okay, now you got to make five in a row. Mm -hmm. And I think that helps mentally and also helps, you know, build, you know, confidence and consistency with the shot as well. Right. So you just mentioned some of the drills that you guys work on. Are there any other things that you guys kind of simulated NBA play-wise? Like, I'm guessing there's, like, countless pick-and-pop reps and whatnot that you ran him through to get him comfortable with his jump shooting. Um, but if there are there any other skills or drills that you ran him through, jump shooting-wise? Yeah, so obviously, like you said, the, you know, picking and popping, we would do uh, side, top, side. Obviously, that's the, that's the game in the NBA, a lot of ball screens. Uh, but we would also do, uh, you know, what, you know, we would have him to, you know, sprint full speed down to the corner, you know, you get a you get a uh, you get a shot on the move, and then you get a spot up. So let's just say you you're making six of those, and then he will lift up from corner to wing, get a shot lifting up, and then shoot a spot up. So we would do a lot of game speed moving, and then we would get some standstill shots as well. That's awesome. Uh, thanks for providing that insight. So after this season that he had with Sacramento, since you've worked with him this off season, did you expect? what happened in Sacramento from like last off season in terms of like, I mean, he shot 34% from three. I mean, it's a low volume 10 of 29, but to go from, you know, hitting three jump shots to hitting 39 all of a sudden over the course of, I think half a season. Cause he only really started getting minutes with Sacramento, like towards the latter half. Was that expected for you? And then during this off season, was it like, was his jump shot in the best place it's ever been? Essentially, did he carry that momentum from his season with Sacramento into off-season workouts with you? And you're like, all right, well, this makes all these drills a lot easier for us now. Yeah, I mean, because I mean, he even said it, I think, on one of his pressures, one of his interviews, that he's ready to take whatever role the Lakers want him to take. And I think one of the reporters that asked him about his jumper, and he basically said, if it's, if it's needed, then it's there. Um, and that's just basically what it boils down to. I think... You know, when you put in so much time in your game and reps, I mean, Damian has a he has a lot of things and it's what they like to say bag. I mean, mm -hmm. he can like put it on the floor. He has a really good handle on the ball, like you alluded to earlier. You know, he's now he's, you know, taking a couple dribbles in and then, you know, shooting turnaround jump shots. And that's things that he wasn't doing a few years ago. It's not necessarily mean that he can't do it. Maybe the opportunity wasn't there. Um, but I think you know, Sacramento did a good good job of putting him in positions. It's almost like they was, you know, telling him, look, if you open, you need to shoot it. You know, mm -hmm. we get you in the trail spot. You know, we want you to take a couple dribbles left and right into a DHO or dribble handoff. And that kind of, you know, and that um, but I, you know, I, I just think it just boils down to the work, what you do in the offseason, and then just having the, you know, the confidence to do it. So this offseason, when you work with him, was there anything specific he wanted to nail down or was it more let's continue to improve like the jump shooting and what like from his end, was there any 
thing that he was sort of gearing up for specifically for the Lakers? Was it, or was it more just continuing to, uh, again, improve and build off of what's already sort of started to progress well in his eyes? Yeah, I think it was just he just want to just continue to do what we've been doing. I mean, like I said, we always want to we all you know we always want to work on things that he's going to be doing in the game or he's going to be asked to do. We know he's going to be flying up, setting you know step up screens and all kind of ball screens for his teammates. And uh, like I said, he can he can run and jump and dunk with the best of them. But he also wants to continue to work on you know when when you know when the guards turn a corner and they drop it off to him late, you know, in previous years, he would kind of struggle with those passes. But, you know, we we would drill it, you know. Mm-hmm. I'll come off a ball with him and I'll get, you know, deep in the paint and at the last second I might make a, a quick bounce pass or a quick, uh, you know, pocket pass. And, you know, now he's starting to catch those and finish. Oh, that's awesome. Um, do you ever see him becoming a legitimate three-point spacing big? Or right now, do you see him more as sort of a situational pick-and-pop mid-range jump shooter? Because I know Darvin Ham, in his previous stints with the Milwaukee Bucks, you know, he likes playing with bigs that can space the floor, you know, Brooke Lopez, Bobby Portis. I don't, I don't know if Damian Jones will ever get to um, that level of shooting, but do you think he's improved enough to the point where, yeah, if he's open out, like, on the baseline or whatever, he's comfortable taking that shot. Oh yeah, absolutely. I, I think he's to the point now, uh, just from us, you know, like like you you said earlier with our six one five pro runs uh that we do it down in Nashville. I mean, you're talking Darius Garland, Rob Covington, Garrison Matthews, uh, you know, several guys that 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 uh have great careers playing overseas. I mean, it's big time talent in the gym and game has you know, ended a lot of games by hitting, you know, the last three-point shot. You know, wow. games go to seven and they playing ones and twos and he's taking some, you know, the game is five to five and Darius come off a ball screen and hit him with a pass and he jumps up and nails the top of the key three, you know. Um, and in the gym, you know, the guys, even the guys when they're playing pickup back home, I mean, the guys, they love to see him when he, you know, jumps up and make threes with confidence. That's awesome to hear. And that's definitely an element of his game that I think should make life easier on Anthony Davis, LeBron James, Russell Westbrook, if he's still there. You know, they've been talking about right now. I think Zach Lowe on his recent podcast said that from what he's hearing, Damian Jones probably is the front runner for that starting center spot. And obviously, previous iterations of Damian Jones, you look at what the Lakers currently have um, with probably LeBron James being their best three-point shooter. Anthony Davis not having had his three-point shot the last few years, and if Russell Westbrook is still the starting point guard, your biggest concern is, well, if Damian Jones is the center, where is the spacing going to come from uh, from this starting five where there's not really a legitimate three-point shooter? But to hear that Damian Jones has continued to you know, hone that three-point shot and that mid-range jump shot, I think should at least help open up the floor a little bit to the point where defenses have to account for him, at least from... 18 feet out or, or whatever and give, uh, you know, Anthony Davis or LeBron James a little bit more space to work with. So that's really encouraging to hear. Um, with regards to, do you do any body strength and conditioning work uh, with Damian in the off seasons? Like, for example, this season, did you guys feel the need to like bulk him up a little bit or maybe should he stay sort of lean to maintain that speed so that he can run up and down the court. Do you ever work on that aspect of things or, or not really more so the basketball skills on the court? Yeah. So I'm, I'm more, you know, our staff, me and my cousin, Jamal Richardson, we, 
uh, and Coach Jamal Malone, we we focus on you know on the court uh, uh, drills, drill work. Now we have a guy, uh, Scott Rio. Uh, he's like the strength and conditioning coach for most of our pro guys. So he works with Darius Garland. Um, he 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 still works with Brandon Wright. Um, um, and he does a fantastic job. So those guys are in the weight room with with Coach Scott, mm-hmm. uh, probably about three to four days a week. Um, as a matter of fact, I think it was a couple Fridays ago. I actually got in there and did a a weight room workout with them, and we got to the we got to the bench part of the workout. And me and Dame was partners on the bench, and he Dame was a strong guy, man. He <laughs> I think he got to around two fifty on the bench, mm-hmm. uh, eight to ten reps, and I mean he knocked them out like it was nothing. That's awesome. Now, I think this is one area that Lakers fans outside of jump shooting that they particularly want to hear about. Um, when it comes to defense, were there any aspects of Damien's defensive fundamentals that you guys have worked on the last couple of years or that you guys worked on this summer in particular? Yeah, so we like to, uh, I've noticed, you know, early on, he would, anytime he got switched off on a, you know, a guard, I mean, you're playing against the best guys in the world night in and night out, so you know, anytime he got switched out on a guard that was kind of shifty and crafty, you know, they could draw fouls on him. Um, so what we would do, we would incorporate uh, defensive drills in our skill work. So um, I would set up – I would get, like, some of my high school guards or I remember one time, you know, Garrison Matthews. You know, I had Garrison Matthews coming off ball screens. And once Garrison came off my ball screen, you know, him and Dane basically played one-on-one from that point. Mm. Trying to just, you know, teach him to – you know, stay down on, on you know, on, on jump shots and not fall for fakes. And he's he's improved a lot in, mm. in, you know, that area as well. Yeah, I think we saw it last year. I mean, he was starting to stretch his defense out to the perimeter where he'd get switched on to, you know, like a CJ McCollum and he'd be able to actually hang with, you know, a guard like that. So it's really impressive to see because I think during his time with the Lakers, his ability to switch out to the perimeter was probably one of the concerns that we saw. But when we watched him with Sacramento last year, the fact that he was able to switch on guards and pretty much put the clamps down on them was really impressive to see. And I think there was even some John Morant <laughs> sequences with John Morant where he was able to hold him down as well. So, um, no, that's awesome to hear. Um, so from your end, looking at a more macro level of Damian Jones' career, you know, he's bounced around a lot in the league over like in the last five, six years, Golden State, Atlanta, Lakers, Sacramento, back to the Lakers. And he's shown, he's definitely shown flashes here and there. Um, last year, I felt like he really bro- broke out and something seemed to click with him and the Kings over the last few months of the season. No coincidence that he obviously added a jump shot and a three-point shot to his game during that span, and no coincidence that they probably gave him the green light to shoot that those types of shots, right? But in your eyes, what do you think specifically clicked for him and allowed him to find a groove last season? Was it as simple as a more defined role and, and more playing time, or was it just the culmination of, yeah, he also put in the work too to just be a, a better, more all-around versatile type of center? Yeah, I think, you know, like like I said, when it comes to putting in work, you know, in the offseason, even in even during the season, I mean, even when he's not, you know, even when, when he was getting DMPs, like if I was if I came out on a trip to come watch the game, I mean, he would he would go hard in workouts as if he, you know, was playing. I mean, so he just he got he had a real uh, just a pro mindset uh, when it comes to his development. Um uh, but I think 
meaningful minutes is what I was what I like to call it, what I like to say. And if if you if you have a, if you have a staff that 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 see you putting in work uh, throughout the season in the off season, you know you you might stay an extra month uh, to put in work with your position coach. I mean, the coaches see that, and once the coaches see that you've been working on different uh you know different parts of your game and they see you improve if you got a coach say, hey look I you know we've been working on your ability to stretch the floor so you know next time you get that opportunity to you know to step into that top of the key three you know let it fly and you can you could tell you know because you no know, sooner he started making shots I mean the bench was going crazy as if he was you know catching live dunks you know mm-hmm. I mean they was they was they was equally as excited to see him make jump shots yeah for sure Lastly, or one of the last few questions I want to ask you is, is there anything that you feel like he needs to continue working on and progressing to maintain this sort of upward momentum of his so that he does so that he does become not only a rotation level player, but even a legit starting center? Yeah, just 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 continue to play with confidence and just know that all the work that he's put in um, is not going aboard. You know, he's he, he's put the work in. It's just a matter of him going out and doing it. And, you know, obviously, I think. You know, we always talk about rebounding. Um, I think that's I think that's something that he that he's going to take a little bit more personal this this season. He's going to start to rebound the ball more out of his area because uh, right. I mean, Damian wants to. I mean, he could, you know, he put his mind to it. I mean, he can go out and get fifteen rebounds. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's just much of a force. Yeah, for sure. Um, was there anything that he divulged to you about just? What does he see his role as this upcoming season? I know in his presser interviews, he said he's willing to do whatever it takes. He's willing to take on any role that the team needs of him. But in your eyes, do you feel like he sees himself as a starting caliber type of center? Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's all about competing and competition. I mean, he was in this situation uh, not long ago with the Warriors. I mean, he had to come in and compete for the starting spot, and, and he did. I mean, he went in and trained the camp. He showed that he was the you know, he was the number one option. So I'm pretty sure that's his mindset now. Uh, he's going to he's he's going to compete. And, and and like I said, training camp is right around the corner. And uh, I know his confidence is where it needs to be. He had a, a phenomenal offseason with workouts, weight room, uh, playing in the 615 pro runs. So it's, it's, it's time. It's showtime. That's awesome. So my last question to you is it. Is there any specific new move that Damon Jones is going to showcase that we should be on the lookout for? I didn't prepare you for this question, but does is there something new in his arsenal that you feel like this offseason you're like, oh, maybe he'll bust this out this upcoming season? If 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 he gets if he gets the ball top of the key, you know, late in the shot clock, prepare for the Lakers bench to go crazy. I'm telling you right now, Damon, he, he got some stuff in his bag putting the ball on the floor. I'm I'm waiting on him to to put that ball on the floor and, and make a spin move and, and bring the house down. So okay. that I'm envisioning that every day. I can't I can't wait to see I can't wait to see that. So you so you think Damien is prepared in scramble mode situations. If the ball swings to him, he's not gonna look like a deer in the headlights type of center. He'll be aggressive. Now, once again, we try to simulate everything that can happen in the game. So there are times where, you know, we're in our skill work and I swing it to him and he don't know when I'm going to start the shot clock. I might start it at five. I might start it at three uh-huh. or four. And I'm like, if you catch the ball with four seconds on the shot clock, you're probably not, you, you, you're going to have to make the play. Yeah, that's awesome. There's one last question I want to ask you about, and it's, and it's Damian Jones' passing ability. Do you feel like he has 
vision out of that post spot or do you work on that type of stuff too where like hey five seconds on the shot clock what are you going to do with the ball are you able to find your teammates as well you know or, or are you sort of is everything so chaotic that you kind of spaz out I mean so I guess from like a playmaking standpoint have you seen do you work on passing drills with with Damian Jones at all yeah yeah we we do a lot of passing we do a lot of ball handling with passing uh we do stuff where he he'll handle the ball make you know, pick up right into a right-hand pass, pick up right into a left-hand pass. Because um, sometimes the game calls for that. I mean, I know fundamentally, being fundamentally sound, you're always taught to pick it up with two hands. But in the NBA, the game is so fast. And, you know, you could be open and then you cannot be open and quick, you know. So mm-hmm. sometimes you might pick up and, and throw a, you know, a strong, you know, a right-hand or left-hand pass with one hand. So we try to incorporate everything. I know, that, you know, the, the one thing – about Damien, he's not going to play a bad brand of basketball. So if he catches it and he gets a double, I mean, he's going to pick it up and find the open man. Um, I, and I noticed that uh, when he's playing pickup, and even in some of the uh, games that I watch with Sacramento, I mean, he has some he has some plays where he made some really good passes. Yeah, he seems like a very high IQ basketball player who keeps it simple, you know. And last season, he had four games actually where he recorded five assists and for a center to be able to have five assist games who's and a center who's not like a point center who has the ball in his hands you know I feel like that's that's really awesome and and an area that I feel like Lakers fans will want to continue to explore especially in a system where you just want to get the ball moving he seems like the type of guy who will make the appropriate swings when it's necessary right so I mean, everything that you've been able to give us insight on on Damien's work and progress throughout the years, throughout this past summer has been really encouraging, and we're super excited to, uh, to see that happen. But yeah, Spencer, thank you so much for taking your time out to share your insight with us on all things Damien Jones. Uh, we're excited to have him back as a Laker, and hopefully we can reap the benefits of seeing even more breakout career years from him as he continues to solidify his role in the NBA as a legitimate role player and potentially even a perennial starting center. So we appreciate you hopping on, and feel free to sign off however you'd like. If you want to plug AAG once again, please go ahead and do so. Appreciate you having me. Uh, we're excited about this season, and uh, Lakers fans, you're going to be in for a treat. We're looking forward to it. All right, Spencer, we'll let you go, and hopefully we'll talk to you again sometime soon after Damian Jones is an NBA champion. We'll see. All right. All right. Have a great day, man. Thank you. Cool. Thanks, Spencer. All right, folks, so that'll do it. Hope you guys enjoyed my interview with Spencer Richardson. Hope it was insightful. Again, we want to thank him for hopping on. I have no idea where trade negotiations stand, though last I checked on Twitter... Zach Lowe, Jake Fisher, they're saying the Lakers haven't offered up two firsts. Utah Jazz are demanding two firsts from the Lakers. Lakers are negotiating whether or not to give them a pick swap. But it doesn't seem like they have brought the or pushed the 2029 first to the table yet. And because of that, a trade probably doesn't materialize. Both picks are needed to even start a conversation with Indiana. The Lakers haven't been willing to do that. The Utah Jazz and Danny Ainge, as I suspected, are demanding both first. We'll see if a compromise can come out of this. But right now, it looks like Russell Westbrook is going to be with the Lakers at the start of training camp. But don't let that get you down because look at all the improvement and progress that Damian Jones has made. And hopefully, with him back in the fold, the Lakers can get off to a good start regardless of what baggage they may still have to carry with them. So with that said, thank you guys for listening. Again, please rate and review us five stars on the Apple Podcast app 
or the Spotify app as well. And we will catch you guys next time, whether a trade breaks or we're just heading into training camp already and media day is here and it's awkward as hell. But you know what? It is what it is. So stay cool, everybody, and we will catch you guys next time. Peace. Peace.